sleep is taken for granted in our society and no one really takes it seriously unless it becomes a chronic condition and there are so many sleep myths floating around and i think the only way is to create more awareness about this magical power of sleep and educate them about you know various sleep disorders i hear from my uh, you know clients is sleeping in late on the weekends is a good way to catch up on lost sleep so you know unfortunately we have only one biological clock not one for the work week and not one for the weekends hey my wonderful listeners this is episode 26 of inspired someone today welcome back and today we have a very interesting topic subject for each one of you it's called as a wonder drug its impact on our day to day life is very very critical the use and abuse of it would create havoc yes the wonder drug that i'm talking about is sleep and to talk more about this topic i'm joined today by the head of sleep science at abhinav bindra targeting performance and the founder and sleep medicine consultant dr monika sharma monika welcome to the show Thank you so much for having me Srikant. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to hear from you. This is such a unique topic that we are all hearing it out. So thank you so much for taking time. My pleasure Srikant. Monica when I looked at the title Head of Sleep Science Sleep Medicine Consultant it caught my attention. What is this all about? Give us a background of what is this? What do you do? And how did you even get into this kind of a role? Srikant thank you for the introduction. I am a behavioral sleep medicine expert, consultant and researcher, founder of Sleep Moksha. And at Sleep Moksha, we believe that everyone deserves a good night's sleep for being a better version of themselves every day. So my mission here is to re-simplify sleep and unite the world with sleep it is so bereft of. So I am into sleep consulting, education and training. and we offer services which are designed to diagnose and treat people suffering from sleep problems and we help them feel more relaxed and confident about their sleep and we do so by providing them with lifelong tools they need to think and behave like a good sleeper so as you are aware that we are currently witnessing a global sleep deprivation epidemic sleep deprivation like starvation uh, shrikant can have damaging consequences to health and well-being So learning to prioritize sleep in your life you know creating healthy sleep patterns and effectively managing sleep related disorders can have a very powerful effect on your overall well-being as well as the community society and culture within which we live and work at the same time i am also striving to bring these topics especially sleep deprivation into the mainstream of the indian sports landscape and also our educational system because i strongly feel that students must learn that healthy sleep along with physical fitness and good nutrition you know they form the fundamental pillar of health and you know the thing is that however healthy we think we are you know students and non students athletes non athletes professionals non professionals alike we must realize that we cannot be fully healthy unless our sleep is healthy So um I really think it's time we consider healthy sleep effective sleep good quality sleep 
a vital sign, you know, because these are the strong indicators of overall health and well-being. And if there is something wrong with your sleep, chances are that it's affecting something else at some other level, you know, maybe your performance, mm -hmm. your productivity, you know, your life satisfaction. It is causing you to weight gain, you know, having that um, fuzzy headedness or brain fog or, or even worsening uh, chronic disease. So, you know, this was the whole idea of conceiving sleep moksha. And uh, this is what prompted me to have, have a platform where we can get together, you know, as a community and do something about this silent epidemic. Again, there are two themes that is emerging out of this, Monica. One is we don't necessarily talk so much about sleep. So you rightly said that it has become mainstream. And secondly, you did talk about importance of some of these elements into the overall functioning of an individual. Correct. Again, for the benefit of all of the listeners out here, if you can help us to break some of the myths and ignorance about sleep, and why is sleep important in the first place? Yeah, you did articulate saying that okay, these are some of the things. But why it's important in the first place? In the last 20-25 years that I can recollect, nobody spoke about sleep as much as it's been spoken today. So if you can just throw some light around some of these pieces. See, Shrikan, the thing is we are not sleeping enough, right? You agree that there is widespread sleep deprivation in society. And I just mentioned that it is a silent epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. 35% of people sleep less than six hours a night, while most need about seven to nine hours based on the recommendation. 48% of people have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep at least one night a week. That's almost half of the people listening to this podcast. So if you look at it, our society is actually incompatible with sleep. So maybe things like uh, work and school schedules, even culture, you know, steep sleep deprivation in society is an ongoing issue. And I am sure that you have come across people telling you that I sleep when I'm dead. So problem is too often people with very stressful lives, they skim on sleep as a badge of honor. We know it very well, you know, the ethos that many companies sees sleep as an indulgence for the week. You know, how they lionize the road warrior who fearlessly crosses multiple time zones on tiny amounts of sleep and always available to take calls and answer emails at 1 a.m., right? Yep. In their minds, more sleep, more hours worked equals more productivity. But let me tell right. you, this is short-sighted. Research tells us that roughly 17 to 19 hours of wakefulness, for example, say you go to sleep at 11 p.m. or 1 a.m., and you get up at 6 a.m. Your individual performance on a task, range of tasks, is equivalent to that of a person with a blood alcohol level of 0.5%, which is the legal drinking limit in many countries. Also, if you stretch it by, say, an hour or so, roughly 20 hours of wakefulness, now you go to sleep at 2 a.m., the same person's performance equals that of someone with blood alcohol level of 0.1%, which meets the legal definition of drunk. And if you don't really want to stretch you know, that far, we have studies showing that if you are depriving yourself of 90 minutes of sleep, which is something, you know, which is more relatable, it means operating at work the next day at one third brain capacity suppressed. So imagine drinking a pint of beer and going to work or school or court or, or field. We can't imagine that, right? Yeah, unimaginable. Yes. And also, I would like to mention here, Srikant, that, you know, 
pulling all nighters which is a very very common scenario in our workplace is actually more harmful to the cause of their project so pulling all nighter harms you in the long term mentally emotionally physically because when you stay up all night or even a good part of the night your ability to concentrate your ability to learn new information your ability to remember things diminishes and all these factors can contribute to not only poor health but also you know diminished reduced productivity performance efficiency and what is interesting to know is that it often takes more than one night to make up for that sleep deprivation so a lot of people have this idea you know that uh, they can go on and on and on and they can catch up on sleep over the weekends mm -hmm. so the effects of sleep deprivation in society are costing everyone and that's why i say that sleeplessness comes with a heavy price tag not just physical cognitive emotional financial and also you know if we look at our interpersonal relationships first it impacts our physical and mental health so sleep deprivation increases the chances of developing a burnout depression diabetes alzheimers stroke cardiovascular diseases and even cancer to name just a few it is affecting our safety so when someone is fatigued the risk of an accident increases by 70% and in the us more people are killed by drowsy driving than drunk driving so sleep deprivation goes far beyond our individual sleep practices it is affecting not just our society it is a costly affair for employers too lost productivity per sleep deprived worker is in the thousands of dollars a year insufficient sleep is costing about 2% of gdp and there is a harvard study you know which found out that in the us alone companies are losing about 63 billion dollars each year due to sleep deprived employees it's not only having an impact on the individual and individual's health but also corporates and also the country's health financial health as well correct it's interesting you know there are a few studies which also pointed out that it's not just the productivity but sleep deprivation actually workers show bad traits because of sleep deprivation you know there is increased mm -hmm. risk taking behavior they are more impulsive and they have more desire to cheat and there is this interesting study you know which showed that leaders who sleep worse are rated worse by their teams and that causes less engagement in the team and when workers you know who are sleep deprived they rate their leaders as less charismatic regardless of the readers sleep level so you see that there is this multiplicative effect where sleepless leaders and workers they are making each other feel miserable and insidiously workers don't perceive themselves as performing worse when sleep deprived and you know that's the thing with sleep deprived brain that your brain does not allow you to feel sleepy or sleep deprived for quite a while so you think you can tough it out you think you can supplement with caffeine and in the whole process you end up bypassing a lot of warning signs of sleep deprivation even as a healthy person so i think now you can clearly see that you know you can understand this vicious cycle that how people sleep less because of the amount of work they have to do but their low sleep reduces their productivity and their efficiency so what you're saying is if i sleep for 5 hours a day and say that i will make up that lost sleep over the weekend that doesn't cut if it is something so we call it sleep debt right so it's not something that you can do on daily basis you know 
having a mm -hmm. couple of rough nights here and there and catching up uh, you know on the lost z's over the weekend is doable and must be done but it is, if it is something which is happening on daily basis then the sleep debt becomes way too much for you to just play that catch up game and also shrikant you know sleep deprivation is used for torture i don't know if you're aware of that so it is recognized by many countries and unethical but it is still practiced by others and this form of torture sleep deprivation i have to tell you doesn't even work very well because if you remember i just mentioned that it reduces the quality of information you know it harms the memory recall and it also increases the risk of lying and false confessions in the desperate hope to get some sleep i hope that that answers your question you know that why we should care about sleep one of the things around sleep is lot of myths and ignorance around it correct what are some of those myths that you can bust today during this conversation yes rikant you very rightly pointed out you know ignorance about sleep is quite profound in our society and unfortunately our society you know it remains a vast reservoir of ignorance about sleep deprivation and sleep disorders and the benefits you know of the hard earned knowledge about what normal sleep is what abnormal sleep is what is healthy what is unhealthy sleep have not been passed on to the general public and millions of people are suffering and thousands are dying each year without ever knowing the true cause of their problems so sleep is taken for granted in our society and no one really takes it seriously unless it becomes a chronic condition and there are so many sleep myths floating around and i think the only way is to create more awareness about this magical power of sleep and educate them about you know various sleep disorders so some of the sleep myths what i hear most commonly uh, you know in my practice are people think that you are a good sleeper if you fall asleep within 5 minutes so you know maybe we can have that rapid fire question so you think it's true or false you you are a good sleeper if you can fall asleep within 5 minutes shrikant yeah so it's it's a myth mm -hmm. so a well rested sleeper will take about say 15 to 20 minutes to fall asleep and going to sleep as soon as your head hits the pillow is a sure sign of sleep deprivation or an underlying sleep issue other things that uh, i hear from my uh, you know clients is sleeping in late on the weekends is a good way to catch up on lost sleep so you know unfortunately we have only one biological clock not one for the work week and not one for the weekends right so you must go to bed and get up at the same time monday through monday and to do otherwise would have the same effect of dieting or exercising you know only on the weekends and we know that it doesn't work that way also you know people think that um a boring meeting or a warm room or maybe a low dose of alcohol you know makes you sleepy now i have to tell you that a boring meeting a warm room or a low dose of alcohol will make you sleepy only if you are sleep deprived so these factors simply unmask the sleepiness that is already in your body so you are carrying a lot of sleep debt with you if you are not sleep deprived and if you are in a boring meeting you may be restless and fidgety but not really sleepy also uh, you know people think that they can condition themselves to need less sleep especially you know I, i see that in the business world a lot so i have to tell you that you can condition yourself to wake up after just a few hours of sleep but that mm -hmm. does not change your need for adequate sleep right your sleep requirement is hardwired 
So what is important is that you determine the amount of sleep that will permit you to be energetic and alert all day along. And you must condition yourself so that the hours in bed correspond to the sleeping phase of your circadian rhythm and the hours out of bed correspond to the waking phase. And therefore, establish a regular sleep-wake schedule, you know, Monday through Monday, which also includes the weekends. And most commonly, people think that during sleep, their brain rests, right? So most people think of sleep as something very passive, you know, uh, dormant part of uh, their daily lives. I have to tell you this, Shrikant, wakefulness contains only one single brainwave. And to be physically, psychologically, emotionally at your best, you have to experience five different types of brainwaves every night during sleep. The sleeping brain regulates endocrine, immune, hormonal functions, essentials for healthy living. So it is also a critical period for memory consolidation. So it is far from being a passive state of mind. So these are um, you know, some of the myths that I commonly hear from my clients. And also, you know, people think that you can improve your athletic skills overnight by sleeping eight hours. And that is absolutely true, because in the last quartile, in an eight-hour night, the brain secretes calcium into your motor cortex. So this permits well-rehearsed, good athletic moves to be consolidated into motor muscle memory, you know, which improves athleticism, reaction time, and situational awareness, which is so critical for athletic performance. So these are some of the common things, you know, that I hear from my patients or my clients all the time. Nice. Thank you for busting those myths, doctor. So you, you did mention about the impact of sleep on the individual impact it's having on organization. But what's the correlation between sleep and mental health? So Srikant, I always say that sleep is the unsung hero of our mental health. You know, mm -hmm. research suggests that there is a two-way relationship between mental health and sleep. Uh, with poor sleep, both a cause and a consequence of mental health problems. And researchers have known about the correlation between sleep quality and mental health for years. And uh, traditionally, you know, clinicians, they viewed sleep problems as a symptom of a mental health. But there is a wealth of data and, you know, there is growing evidence that poor sleep quality can also contribute to the development of new psychiatric disorders and the ability to cope with existing disorders. So for many people, you know, uh, particularly insomnia, it can be part of the complex package of causes of mental health difficulties. So if you can sort out your sleep, you could also be taking a significant step forward in tackling a wide range of psychological and emotional problems. Insomnia, to break it down for you, it is the inability to fall asleep or stay asleep or early morning awakenings. And it plagues millions of people across all levels of mental health. And among the many published reports linking inadequate or poor sleep quality with mental health issues, you will find facts like insomniacs are nearly 10 times more likely to suffer from clinical depression and more than 17 times more likely to report clinical anxiety than normal sleepers. Individuals with two or more types of sleep problems were about 2.6 times more likely to report a suicide attempt than those without any insomnia complaints. Also talking about uh, sleep problems in children. So there is a study which pointed out that four-year-olds with serious sleep disorders have a higher risk of developing symptoms of psychiatric problems 
as six-year-olds when compared to normal sleeping problems. So the thing is that we really don't know the exact reasons for this two-way relationship between sleep patterns and mental illness. You know, but uh, what we know is that sleep disruption seriously impacts neurotransmitters and stress hormones, you know, which can lead to uh, impaired thinking and the inability to regulate emotions, you know, two of the most common symptoms of mental disorders. So my message to your listeners, to avoid mental health problems creeping in, I think all of you must adopt a healthy routine of your sleep. Evidence clearly shows that it can have a major impact on your mental health. So by understanding what affects your sleep, you know, you can protect the mental health of, uh, you know, yourself. And also, um, you know, millions of people around the globe can uh, really protect their mental health by just uh, sorting their uh, sleep pattern. Also, you know, this month we are focusing on providing information and advice and campaigning for change to improve uh, mental well-being and uh, recovery at Sleep Moksha. And uh, that's the reason, you know, we believe that we must start a national conversation about sleep. You know, we, we also want to highlight how the circumstances in which millions of us uh, find ourselves are preventing us from getting a restful night, you know, and therefore from thriving. So uh, we want to investigate the changes we can make as individuals and communities and as society to enable everyone get the rest and renewal we all so need at this point. And I hope that like you, Shrikant, others will also join, you know, this conversation and help us to get the word out. No, absolutely. You have gotten me thinking to kind of reassess my own sleeping patterns, sleeping habits and make changes accordingly. Wonderful. Hey, dear listener, I hope you are enjoying this episode. Please do me a favor. If you think somebody in your network can benefit from listening to this episode, please do share the link with them. You never know who would need these nuggets and when. Appreciate your support and get back listening to the episode. Again, for the benefit of uh, listeners, are there any reading material uh, that you would refer, any books that you would recommend around this particular uh, topic? Okay. So I would suggest Why We Sleep. Uh, this is a book by Matthew Walker. That's a good book, uh, you know, to know if you are looking forward to know more about uh, sleep science and sleep health and how it can be a complete game changer. So while you mentioned about the importance of sleep, the importance it's going to have both on the self and productivity and also the overall gains one can have both at an organization, individual and at a country level. What are some of the simple things that one can adapt or one can practice to nurture and get the sleep quality better? Sure. You know, when we talk about this, in, in societies, you know, that respect those who do more and sleep less, I understand it can be hard to make sleep a priority. But we have to remind ourselves that depriving our bodies of sleep over long term can have devastating impact on our bodies. So first thing first, we have to prioritize sleep. And I have to tell your listeners that don't succumb to peer pressure when it comes to sleep. So reclaim your right to a full night of sleep without the stigma of sleep, without being embarrassed or without falling prey to the stigma that you are lazy or you are weak, you know, etc. And I also would like to highlight here that being perfect is a delusion. We are never fully fixed, right? 
So in the world of sleep optimization, what really is needed is to transform various behavioral patterns that ultimately lead to, you know, what I always say, how we feel, we act, and we show up every single day. So start with optimizing your sleep schedule. Look at your pre-bedtime routine or rituals, and also daily daytime routines, because they are equally important part of harnessing habits to make quality sleep feel more automatic. Also, I would like to emphasize the role of sleep regularity. Inconsistent sleep can actually make you feel like you are in another time zone. As uh, irregular sleepers, they have delayed release of sleep hormone melatonin, and that can lead to not just a problem with sleep onset, but also uh, shorter sleep duration and poorer sleep quality. So start with setting a consistent bedtime and wake up time each day. And at the same time, you know, creating a pleasant sleep environment that can be sort of invitation to relax and doze off. That will do a lot of good. Also, what I commonly tell my clients is that consider limiting any caffeine intake six to eight hours before bed. And what we just talked about, you know, do think about all those all nighters, you know, are they really worth it? And also, I would say, uh, watch out for junk sleep. So junk sleep is neither uh, long enough or good enough quality to restore the brain to the level needed to perform well the next day. And in fact, Srikant, junk sleep is an incredibly worrying trend, you know, because of its adverse physiological effect where proper REM sleep is not achieved because uh, one has been using consumer electronics right up until the moment of falling asleep. And in many cases, often leaving them on, you know, which continues to disrupt the sleeping process. So uh, things like reading from an iPad before bed, it will not just make it uh, harder for them to fall asleep, but also impact how sleepy and alert, you know, they feel the next day. So these are some of the tips that uh, we can uh, put to use in order to improve our sleep. But we have to remember that we don't have to make these changes, everything at once, you know, so small steps mm -hmm. can move you towards better sleep. You can adapt them to fit your circumstances and create your own sort of sleep checklist, you know, to help you get the best sleep possible. Um, so I always recommend that it's worth testing out different adjustments, you know, to find out what helps you or your sleep the most. So take what works and toss out what doesn't. And also, it is important to know that improving uh, sleep habits, you know, won't always resolve sleeping problems. So for people who have serious say, insomnia or sleep disorders like obstructive sleep apnea, they may benefit from these tips, but other treatments are usually necessary as well. So in other words, even though, uh, you know, it may be beneficial, but it's, it alone isn't a panacea. So if you have a long lasting or severe sleeping problems or um, excessive daytime sleepiness or tiredness, you know, due to sleep deprivation, it's best to talk with a sleep expert who can recommend the most appropriate course of treatment. Wonderful. I think these are some pretty easy to do kind of tips that one can uh, follow. You did mention about uh, junk sleep and also touched upon uh, what we very re uh, repeatedly hear called as the blue light. Mm -hmm. Particularly in this current situation where a lot of the schooling has turned into digital and there's a lot of exposure of kids uh, to the screens. What is your take on exposure to blue lights and what needs to be done for kids and even for adults to minimize this exposure to blue light? So the thing with light is the right time. 
So it's all about getting light at the right time. So our sleep is greatly affected by light, you see, you know, since our biological clocks run at about 24 hours. And sunlight influences how our bodies work, right? So the human body is sensitive to the environment. So it's important for us to pay attention to the quantity of natural and artificial light we receive. And then we do it in order to have a good night of sleep. So if you get loads of light in the evening through electronic devices or artificial light, it might disrupt your biological clock and impact your sleep negatively. Receiving light, you know, on the other hand, receiving light in the early hours of the day will help the biological clock run faster and also make you feel sleepy in the evening. So it's really about the timings, you know, getting the right amount of time at the right time is important. And uh, some of the tips, you know, uh, or great ways of controlling the amount of light we get, what I commonly recommend is use a lamp. And right when your alarm goes off in the morning, turn on um, a lamp near you. And this will make um, staying awake easier. My favorite one or what I prefer is getting real sunlight. So open your curtains first thing in the morning and the natural sunlight will make huge difference to help you wake up. And you get the bonus of seeing the sunrise, right? And also what I mentioned that it is important that uh, last few hours of the day should be kept dark. So use a blue light blocking software uh, for your phone. That's what I will suggest or on your computer, on tablet. And that will reduce the blue light emitted from the screen when the sun starts to set. So for your phone and tablet, iOS and Android versions, they have these settings built in called night shift under the display and brightness settings um, on the iPhone. So there are also apps uh, such as Redshift and Twilight. And for laptops, there is something called Flux. So all these things can be used, you know, to block excessive exposure to blue light during the evening hours. And also avoid using your phone or your laptop or tablet in the bedroom, you know, especially for email or social media and watching and streaming television at least a couple of hours before uh, bedtime. So Dr. Monica, you have been responding to a lot of my queries around sleep, the importance and advantages of it, things like that. I would want to kind of put across some rapid fire questions to you and see what is your response around those questions are. Interesting. Are you ready? Yes, please. What's a bad sleep like for Dr. Monica? Um, long working hours. How do you stay updated in your field of work that you're doing? Uh, through my uh, communities. I, I'm in uh, touch with my behavioral sleep medicine community, you know, and that's how I keep myself updated. Routines Dr. Monica follows before going to bed or before waking up? I practice what I preach. So all the things that I mentioned a few minutes back, trust me, I follow each one of them. How can one prepare to become a sleep medicine consultant? So this is um, a training that you have to. I got my postdoctoral training and fellowship from University of Pennsylvania. So there are universities which are offering postdoctorate fellowships in this area. So that's uh, the best way to train yourself as a behavioral sleep medicine expert. Why is sleep a competitive advantage? Because it keeps your cognitive abilities sharp. Wonderful. Those are rapid fire answers for the rapid fire questions. Dr. Monica, thank you so much. You're very welcome. So moving along, uh, Dr. Monica, you have worked with a lot of uh, athletes and you have also worked with a lot of poor sleepers. Mm -hmm. So by the intervention of right dosage of sleep, Mm -hmm. 
if you have noticed any difference in how they have been performing post those interventions what are those two three things that you can kind of highlight see uh, what i most commonly hear from my clients is first that they have never experienced deep sleep efficient sleep good sleep uh, in the recent past and also you know uh, their daytime functioning you know in terms of uh, their physical health in terms of their mental health how sharp how well focused how attentive they are to uh, tasks at hand so these are some of the immediate uh, you know uh, benefits that you get so there are this is the last segment of our conversation mm-hmm. so this is about if there is a billboard that is out there and uh, dr monica has to put a billboard message on it mm-hmm. what would that billboard message be saying i would say that let's re-simplify sleep and let's rethink the way we prioritize sleep and make it a priority a good day starts with a good night yes this is my billboard message and i think we have our experiences it's not difficult for us to tell us from our own experience you know when we are having a good night of sleep you know we wake up uh, feeling a million bucks and we feel like a champion right in the morning we are you know ready to kick start our day we are full of energy and enthusiasm and we are positive right we are happy that's enough you know to sort of highlight all the scientific evidence that we have why sleep is important we can tell that mm-hmm. from our own personal experience wonderful and there are a lot of sleep trackers out there in the market today mm-hmm. for all the want to be users of those sleep trackers what is your one word of advice you really need to know why you need to track your sleep that's the starting point why do you feel the need of tracking your sleep what is more important quality or quantity of sleep so let me start with breaking down this for you sleep duration first we have to understand that it's not constant you know it changes with our age uh for example infant sleep way the whole day and as you grow older you you sleep for few hours and also there are a host of other interfering factors you know that can influence your sleep duration for example stress or anxiety or maybe some underlying sleep condition uh which do not allow you to sleep for long stretches of time and lead to more fragmented distorted restless sleep and as a result your mind finds yourself waking up frequently and tossing and turning in bed right and in this hyperconnected world you know we end up spending a lot of time in front of our computer screens and on our phones and that too negatively impacts our sleep duration so that's why it is important to understand that the amount of hours you are in bed is not equivalent to the um, duration of sleep mm-hmm. so while sleep quantity is definitely important but it is not the only factor in getting a good night's sleep so talking about sleep quality it is uh, you know of equal importance in reaping all the benefits sleep has to offer in fact sleep quality is a vital sign it's a good indicator of overall health mood and performance right and sleep quality essentially you know is deep restorative and uninterrupted sleep so it is actually the quality that determines how well you will be able to function the next day you know it is how we feel we act we react right and we show up every single day when you sleep soundly and uninterrupted your brain is able to flush out the waste that had been accumulating in the cells during the day whereas when your sleep is disturbed your brain can't cleanse itself and if this goes on for a period of time you know psychological emotional challenges like anxiety depression uh, forgetfulness dementia 
or Alzheimer's for that matter may set in. Your quantity of sleep is also impacted by your quality of sleep. So I would say that nine hours of fragmented, poor sleep won't be as healthy as seven hours of decent, deep, restorative sleep. There you go. So quality of sleep is much, much important and critical than the number of hours that one gets to sleep. Yes. Finally, in closing, Inspire Someone today is all about creating ripples of inspiration. What is Dr. Monica's Inspire Someone today message to all the listeners? It goes without saying that sleep is essential for leading a healthy life. It is the very foundation from which uh, all life grows. We need sleep. And in the sense, we are programmed to be sure that we get it. So if there is one thing that you can do to recharge and rejuvenate your brain and your body health every single day is sleep. So prioritize sleep starting tonight. Prioritize sleep. That's the message out there, listeners. Dr. Monica, thank you so much for taking time and walking us through what is a tabooed subject so long, but not anymore, is the importance of sleep and how one can use this as a competitive advantage. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Shrikant. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomeonetodaypodcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like or to listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate inspiresomeonetodaypodcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikant, your host, signing off. And until next time, keep inspiring.